you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you folks. Man, has this subject taken some time or what? We've been cruising along on this thing called narcissism. We've been dealing with broken hearts. Good to have Kevin with me. Good morning, Kevin. Good morning, dear brother. Yeah, so Kevin's still out there in rainy Los Angeles. It just never, the sun never comes out. We're changing the song around from it never rains in California till it <laughs> never, sun, sun never comes out in <laughs> California. But folks, we've been going on and we've been talking about being brokenhearted and we've mentioned Kevin's story as well as a young man his wife and their little child going out west and now they're back in the midwest south midwest somewhere and we're hopeful that we can set up a time they can fit on and God has given them a church and wonderful blessings in their life but some of you are in the midst of all this and you're saying this is crazy this is you know this sounds exactly like what i'm going through and we want to give you instructions for life and you can find them in your bible and the instructions are go to god and uh, and and cross off all those friends who aren't friends when you're in the valley those people who are in the valley with you they're your friends when you start climbing out of the valley again and you make it to the first plateau or something i've got people that didn't talk to me for 2 years and now that i've found my way back and I'm not hung out to dry anymore. And I'm all over the place all the time. Some of these people call, Hey brother, Doug, I've missed you so much. Let me tell you, you weren't in the Valley with me. You're not going to lay in the sun with me. I forgive you. I love you. Have a good life. If I can do something to help you. Give me a call, but we're not those people anymore. We're not at that. We're not having that fake relationship anymore. This is about, um, you know, life gets hard sometimes, folks. And you need the people in the army. We used to say, you need the soldiers that can soldier up. You need the soldiers that, that aren't afraid to get their hands dirty, aren't afraid to get their face dirty, aren't afraid to stand toe to toe with the enemy so you don't have to, aren't afraid to lift you up when you're falling down there. They're not afraid to help you clean your weapon when you got a fire. They're the first ones to help you put your armor on so the devil can't shoot at you. They're the first ones to tell you they love you. They're the first ones to remind you that you're of great value, that you're a temple of the Holy Spirit of God. They're the first ones to remind you that Christ died for you, and they can tell that because you've made a difference in their life. They're the first ones to remind you that in all this craziness, God still loves you. In all this craziness, every time you've stood up for God, he's used you. Those people are still there. Those hearts are still knit with you. But these narcissists want to turn everything upside down. The idea that the devil has and the way the devil works is it's like fighting an enemy on the battlefield. They want to confuse you. They want to hit your rear areas. Uh, they want to hit your supply elements. They want to hit your administrative section. They want to hit all around your major force to mess you up, to get you saying, well, the admin folks aren't with me anymore. They're hurting. They're bad-mouthing me. They're not talking about me. The supply people aren't with me anymore. Well, in the Army, you say, good, let's keep going. As long as we got bullets, as long as we got the sword, as long as we got the Word of God, we're moving forward against the devil. We're sh- 
sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. We're going to join that good church. We're going to make a difference uh, on behalf of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. We're, we're going to scoop our children back up. They matter to us. They're our kids. We'll fight for them. We'll die for them. Don't mess with our kids, and don't be messing with our spouses and, 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 and those people who are out there who abuse people and hurt people. I'll tell you, it's a temporary thing. You know, we see that. We In Enoch, also over here in Jude, Kevin got me reading the book of Jude. There's only one chapter, and verse 14, the seventh from Adam prophesied of thee, saying, Behold, the Lord cometh with ten thousands of his saints to execute judgment upon all and convince all that are ungodly among them of all their ungodly deeds, which they have ungodly committed and all of their speeches, which are ungodly sinners have spoken against him. There are murmurers, complainers, walking after their own lust, and their mouth speaketh great swelling words. We know them. We've heard them. Kevin said, man, they can speak. They, they, they can put things in high places, having men's persons in admiration because of the advantage, but beloved, but beloved, 17 here in the book of Jude, verse 17, but beloved, remember ye the words that were spoken before the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ, how that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. Folks, can I tell you, you can break the entire world into two people, those that have the spirit and those that don't have the spirit. And if we start thinking that those that don't have the spirit should be acting like that those that have the spirit, we're in the wrong place. Because God's warned us about these markers. God's warned us about these narcissists. God's pointed at these people and said, hey, look out. Folks, can I tell you something? In the midst of these crazy things, in the midst of Kevin's crazy life and those nightmares that he endured, those times that he found himself on the face, in the midst of my dear friend's life who moved out to California, packed up his car, sold his house, spent every dime they had, cranked up the credit cards and got ruined and hurt by a guy who called himself a man of God, come to find out it's the complete opposite. But through that trial, oh, on the other side of that trial, folks, was it Richard Nixon who said, you can't experience the magnificence of a tall mountain's view until you've been in the deepest, darkest valley? I think he stole that from God. Count it all joy. Count it all joy when these trials come along, folks, because out of those trials, boy, is God going to use you. Man, there's people out there right now that need to be hugged. There's people out there right now that need to open the word of God with you. There's people out there that need to be pulled up. There's people out there that need a flashlight. There's people out there that need a good meal. There's people out there that need people to look them eye to eye, Kevin. And those of us who've been through those trials, we're best prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this, this whole ministry for wounded spirits is becoming near and dear to my heart, and I'm glad I've got a part in it. Um, Isaiah 61.1 says that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord's anointed me to preach the good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, opening a prison to them that are bound. So, you know, um, we are given the ability from God to go help people, but the fact is— he he knows the brokenhearted. He meets them. He's nigh to us. And that's how we get this ministry is God lets us co go to wit's end. And um, 
from there, we get a view, like you said, from the valley to the mountaintop. And we, we say, Lord, now that I'm down here, if it, if it would please you, would you set me up on a mountain? And, uh, and, and God does that. God does that. I was reading Proverbs 17, 22, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken heart drieth the bones. So, and it says in Proverbs 15, 13, a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. So he, um, he, and, uh, well, in Psalm 147, verse three, so many scriptures about broken heart that are very near and dear to me. He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. So all of these things talk about how God's business and what he wants to make our business is helping people. It's been said, uh, preach to the hurting and you'll never want an audience. And so, uh, you know, my desire, my heart is to help to be an agent of God, to bind up people's wounds. And, you know, what is a wound? A wound is not physical in this case. We're talking about, you know, it says the words of a talebearer's wounds. They go down to the innermost parts of the belly. So the innermost being is this spirit, this, this broken heart. And when we get so bruised and wounded inside, I think that the worst thing to do, Doug, is to be, um, to ignore it. You know, I've had wounds before that I, I kind of let he- heal on the surface and, you know, you put band-aids on it and kind of wrap it up until it skins over, but it, it festers down inside if it's not truly healed. And what we're, what we're doing because God's allowed these narcissists into our lives. Um, what, what, what we're trying to do is go to people who's, wound is is not healed and they all they know is it hurts so bad and they don't want to go there they're 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 not just scarred but they are still wounded deep inside and got their faith is wounded they're Mm. they're there's there's some they're they're not for they're maybe they're not forgiving they're they're uh they're perpetrator maybe they're not um maybe they're not uh maybe they're resenting god I don't know. I think we've all dealt with those things to some degree or another for one length of time or another. But the fact is, God can heal the wounds. It says he bindeth up their wounds and a merry heart maketh a cheerful countenance. So the second thing that we don't want to do besides ignore it and let it skin over and fester is to get us a negative attitude. I don't want to go the rest of my life, Doug, with a negative attitude. I want a merry heart. There's times when I was going through the worst of the worst, and I know we're up against time here, but yeah. um, when I was at the worst of the worst, I, I put on a good old-fashioned comedy show and just laughed my head off, and, brother, it was a medicine. Yeah, folks, listen, we'll be right back with you. This is This is all good. This is all you know, filled with things that hurt our heart and stuff. So hang with us. We're going to continue on. We're going to be talking about this. So in just a minute. All right. Thank you. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. I always kind of freak out when I get to the point where I'm going to pronounce a name that I kind of pronounced messed up before and people have laughed at me, but there's a fellow named Hymenaeus 
and Alexander, and the Bible talks about them saying he's delivered them onto Satan, these two individuals. So we, we see a few people that Paul had to deal with, and it kind of tells us what our next move is. And I'm so glad we're going to go back to Kevin, and we're going to continue on how uh, joy, happiness, uh, it's like a medicine. It's so wonderful. But it says, For Demoth hath forsaken me, having loved this present world and departed on the Thessalonica. And there's going to be people you love there's going to be people you've followed. There's going to be people you've stood shoulder to shoulder with. There's going to be people out of nowhere. They're going to hurt you. You're going to drive across the country. You're going to sell everything you got. You're going to do those things. And once in a while, you're going to come across people like Alexander, the coppersmith. Uh, the Bible says Alexander, the coppersmith did me much evil. And then if he, if the apostle had stopped at that point, Say he did me much evil, but he's saying the Lord reward him according to his works. That suggests that Alexander, you know, acting in his ungodliness and that manner, trying to hurt him, trying to do those things. He's saying, God, reward him with that. Let him know what he's done to other people. Reward him that way. Folks, I'm here to tell you the number one thing that you have to do is let go. You got to let go of these knuckleheads. Paul had to do it with people he loved. Paul had to do it with people he was in the ministry with. Uh, Paul had to take Alexander the coppersmith who continuously tried to hurt him. And there's Paul trying to win him to the Lord. There's Paul trying to bring him into the church. There's Paul doing these things. And he said, God, this guy tried to ruin my ministry. God, this, this guy cut me off at the legs. And then Demas forsaken him. Not only did he forsake Paul, he forsook the ministry. So, friends, what I want to tell you is this. I'm not sure what you went through, and I'm not sure who brought that evil to you. But I do know this. Sadly, Kevin and I are well-seasoned in the area of being messed over. And somewhere along the way, I called a guy I remember after my narcissist had hurt me bad, lied, sent out letters, sent a letter out in snail mail saying he would not send until we sent a letter together. And I remember I called a friend of mine who went through something similar, maybe even a little bit crazier. And I called this man up who I held in great esteem. And I said, brother, here I am. What do I do? And he said, well, Doug, this call came a lot quicker than I thought it would. I spent my first year hoping that my narcissist would die. Folks, I want to tell you something. This guy's not far off and he's not a bad guy. You can lose a year. You can lose two years. You can lose 10 years. The devil would love for you to spend the rest of your life. Kevin was just saying this a minute ago, being bitter. The, the devil would like nothing better than for you trying to exact revenge for the rest of your life. But the apostle Paul says, Lord, Lord, you know, these folks have brought me a lot of evil. Just reward them according to their works. That's where we need to be. You know, folks, we got to tell the truth. We've said that. We've got to go to God. We've got to tell the truth, speak the truth everywhere we go. But we're not taking up, as Kevin said, we're not getting in a social media war. Uh, we're not going to wish for a year that somebody would die. Now, what we're going to do is say, Lord, this dude, this woman, they brought me a ton of evil. Award them. Reward them with whatever way you can, but I need to move on. I mean, Kevin, isn't that really what it's all about? At this point of our life, we got to say, God, this is yours. We're not allowed to shoot people, are we? No. <clears throat> no. In fact, David, they, David's narcissist was King Saul. David was, you know, he was, um, 
he was an anointed king, but he didn't go around saying, I am anointed. I should be the king. This guy here has <clears throat> saw his is he refuses to go. You know, the pastor refuses to resign and I want to go split the church and go off and start my own church. Happens all the time. But David didn't do that. David uh, had a chance to to see Paul killed. He said, you know, he said, God, you take up for it. You know, and I was looking at Psalm 109. Psalm 109 says, hold not thy peace, O God, of my praise for the mouth of the wicked and the mouth of the deceitful are opened against me. They have spoken against me with a lying tongue. And, and, and it's a psalm basically filled with that kind of stuff. <clears throat> and you know what? It makes me glad I'm not an enemy of David because David knew how to pray against his narcissist in his life. Oh, he did. And these, these guys got on bad footing very quickly with God when David prayed for them. Uh, prayed about them, prayed against them, whatever you want to say, imprecatory prayer. What, this was David taking it to God. And, and listen, this is so real you're going to have a narcissist. You're going to have deceitful attackers that are trying to make themselves look good. It'll happen on the job. Someone will kiss up to the boss and try to gaslight or love bomb the boss at the same time, you know, dog whistle against you. In other words, make you look like the bad guy. Um, and, and, you know, just with little cutting remarks, but the, the fact is, all it takes is one session alone with God, pour out your heart before him. Um, and if he's God, like David realized, he is able to take up my cause a whole lot better than I can. And you don't have to be strong in faith to realize God's bigger than you. You don't have to be strong in faith. I think, I think it'd be a little stronger to realize God's stronger than your narcissist because the narcissist, like David is saying here, <clears throat> they compass me about also with words of hatred and fought against me without a cause. So compassed about or compassed about you are, you are encircled. You know, there's a phalanx of bad guys, you know, around you and you just don't, you know, you don't know where to turn because everywhere you look, you know, you're surrounded. Well, I think David was like um, the Marine old chesty puller, Lewis Puller in, in the Korean War. He was uh, surrounded and he said, they're in front of me, they're behind me, or they're, they're on each side. I've got them right where I want them. I can shoot in any direction and hit them. So, you know, if you realize you're surrounded with the enemy, what did um, Elisha said, God, open the eyes of my servant. We're surrounded, but let us know there's more on our side. And, and God opened the eyes of his servant. I think we have to say, God, I am in a, the worst case I could ever imagine. But if you are on my side, show me, show me. And uh, the psalmist said, show me a token for good. Lord, show me some kind, you know, kind of drop something in the middle of this, this uh, circle of evil to let me know that you're still with me. And God does that. And God says, you hang on there. Uh, I'm going to, we're going to do a rapid extraction when the time is perfect. And um, God does it. He shows up when the time is perfect. And I am, I'm just here to say God is, is um, far stronger, far to, to, to the degree that people are against you. God is more for you, infinitely more for you. And God is able to take up the cause and shut the mouths. The Bible says whose mouths must be shut. 
in Titus, I believe Titus one or two. So God is able to shut the mouths of those. If they need to be shut, you know, God will shut them. But remember David said about Shimei during his narcissistic oh, yeah. attacks, look out. For he this, said, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. And before that, while he was on the road again, and Shimei was throwing dirt at him. He said, it may be that God has called him to throw dirt. And so, you know, we ought to say, Lord, when the time's up, I believe that you're going to shut his mouth until then, you know, I'm, I'm listening and I want to respond with truth. And, and I'm just saying, God knows exactly what, and we're he going knows through. what to do. And, and, and Shimei is one of these guys that David, when he handed the throne over to Solomon, he went to him and he said, listen, watch out for this Shimei guy. And it, yep. it didn't turn out well for him. And, uh, no. <laughs> not for Shimei. He, he got said, dead. Yeah. Yeah. David's <laughs> like, Hey, don't deal with this guy. I did. He kept hurting me. Well, folks, we, we're in a different place. We're in a New Testament forgiveness place. And exactly what Kevin's saying, God is for you. We are for you. Let us know if there's anything we could do for you. We sure do love you, folks. This is kind of hard stuff to talk about. But, you know, Alexander the coppersmith has brought me much evil. Just say that to God. Tell him, deal with him, and move on. We love you, folks. Let us know if we can help you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.